his work ethic is second to none. No matter how much pain he goes through, he works through it and he just keeps working and working. Welcome everyone to the Driving Vision Podcast brought to you by the Ziegler Auto Group. And here with me, Auto Group Director of Talent Development, Mike Van Ryan. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks, Sam. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like it if you do, and leave a comment. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the special edition of the Driving Vision Future of Zach Today podcast with us today. After a special speaker session here at Ziegler Auto Group in the locker room, is Chris Nickage. Chris, welcome. Sure. And Chris's dad, Nick Nickage. Thank you. Uh, and obviously back, as always, Mike Van Ryan. Chris, we've had a lot of speakers here at Ziegler. A lot. In fact, Mike, how many over the years have we had? Gosh, we've had probably upwards of 30 to 40 speakers. 30 to 40 speakers. We've had some really good messages. We've had a lot of neat personal conquests shared. We've had an astronaut. We've had a Navy SEAL. We've had all sorts of people. Chris, we've never had a standing ovation. And at the end today, entire Team Ziggler, both here in the locker room, as well as across the auto group, they stood for you and what you've achieved and accomplished. Maybe tell us, Chris, what you have done about achieving and accomplishing the Ironman. And then maybe your dad could share with us this concept or this principle that has pushed you past four years. Chris, what have you accomplished? So I've accomplished so many marathons. Uh, I've accomplished anything that's not been done. I mean, the Ironman is like explosive yes. attention. Because right after Ironman, I yeah. got attention. Chris, you asked people in the room, raise your hand if you've run a, an Ironman. Yeah. And how many people raised their hands? Two. Two. Who? You? And was there one other one? Do we have another Ironman in the group? I think it was only you. It yeah. was one. There were two hands. You put both hands up. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, is to be guides. Yeah. Guides. Yeah. Yeah. But you're the only one in the room who was an Ironman. So, basically, I was the only one in the room. Yeah. And I think assigning guides is all about it. Yeah. And it's beautiful because the Ironman is a big vision and a big goal. And it first rested in your head. And a lot of people say that's not possible. Why do some people say, Chris, that an Ironman for you is not possible? I would say to them, don't tell me that. Because doing an Ironman, it's in his possible. Yeah. For them, for the kids, and it's for like, the all community. And you showed the path. You're now a role model. And you have got an incredible sense of humor. So to your dad, Nick, tell us, where did this idea come from that Chris could run and compete in an Iron Man. What as a parent, why did you think that was possible? It was my idea, that is. Okay. Okay, it was your idea. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> clarified. Yeah. Good. So it's my idea. Um I swam uh uh Lake. Okay. Yeah. And right after I swam across the lake on uh Sandra. Uh-huh. And uh, my dad looked at it and he said, Huh, how can my baby do nightmare? And so we found out we like Do you know what's interesting, Chris, is I'm a parent. Mike's a parent. Your yeah. dad's a parent. And as parents, we love our kids. And sometimes in that love, we do things that disadvantage them. And as we heard what your dad talked about today, yeah. as a parent, my heart went out because I can only imagine 
I get a little emotional thinking about it. Wanting to protect your child. Your dad loves you. Wanting to protect your child and in that protection, hurting and harming their potential and ability. Nick, what what was that like having that idea and deciding you're going to push? Yeah, it's it's a challenge, right? Because we don't want to hurt our kids. And yet at the same time, we want to prepare them to be the best they could be in life and yeah. help them become independent and, and self, self-reliant. And when you have a child like Chris, that's not typically within the realm of possibility. And so it's a much bigger hurdle to overcome. So the way we started was not with a vision to do an Ironman. We started with just getting him in shape and getting him around some friends and getting him to get out of the house. It was really a simple vision of doing something together. That journey was two years long of just participating in a community event called the triathlon with his other Special Olympics friends. And then Chris just told the story when he swam across Lucky Lake and he went and signed a wall and he said, Chris, world champ. I looked at that and and I thought to myself, why not? I see. That was the seed of the dream that you latched onto as a parent. Yeah, because I sat down and I said, buddy, what do you mean you want to be a world champ? He says, dad, I want to be a world champ for something. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, why not? Why can't he be a world champ? And that's when it hit me. Like up till that point, we kept thinking going from a sprint 14 miles to an Ironman 140 miles was like going from here to the moon. It really felt that way. But when I saw him write down Chris World Champ, I just saw it as a signal. It's almost like God said to me, look, you got to stop thinking so small. Yeah. Like if you really believe, you got to start believing big. Yeah. And I thought, all right, buddy, how about an Ironman? I literally said to him right then and there, Mm. how about an Ironman? And he said, what's that? So just a little more than a sprint. He said, okay, let's do it. That was when it started. And then we started to ponder on that idea and come up with a plan. And over the next few months, that was October of 2019, between October and December, we started working on this idea of an Ironman and it just started getting firmer and firmer. And then he wrote his dreams down on New Year's Eve, 2019 into 2020. And once he wrote his dreams down and I saw those dreams, I said, the only way you're going to get those dreams, buddy, is if you do an Ironman. And if you do an Ironman, there's no guarantee you're going to get all those dreams, yeah. but there's a shot you will. And I said, are you willing to fight for that shot? He said, yes. I said, okay, let's go do an Ironman. We're going to make it happen. It's me and you, and we'll get some other people around us. And from that point on, it was a belief system that just grew and grew and grew. And his work ethic is second to none. No matter how much pain he goes through, he works through it and he just keeps working and working and working. <laughs> and uh, he inspires me every day because he does things I've never done the way he does them and find reasons to make excuses. He doesn't make excuses. He just gets it done. And he really is a role model to not just others like him, but I think all of us. So as you spoke today, I know we're talking about you've got Down syndrome. And so you overcome that as a challenge. Kids everywhere have challenges. Social media creates the challenges, cultural expectations. I was on a, in a group conversation talking about participation awards and handing out accolades for non-achievement. You leaned into the idea of, could this happen? But Nick, you didn't know if that could happen, right? Like what gave you the audacity to say, I don't know if this can happen, but I'm willing to support my son in this journey. I looked at it a little differently. We designed this system called 1% Better, which is me versus me. Me today versus me yesterday. It wasn't competing about- Competing against yourself. Competing against yourself. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And pursuing a, a version of yourself that looks like your full potential. And so then we started thinking, well, I wonder what his potential really is. Like, what did God put inside of him? I think we were putting a lid on him. And we were preventing him from achieving his potential. So we weren't on a journey to do an Ironman. We were on a journey to help him achieve his full potential 
And if that meant an Ironman, then so be it. And whether he achieved it or not was irrelevant. What was relevant was, was he moving closer and closer towards his potential? That's awesome. And we wanted to measure his potential against man-made goals like an Ironman. Yeah. He kept going. And as he got closer to his potential, the reality of an Ironman started to really become true. And when he finished, and here's what happened. When he finished an Ironman, it was impossible until he did it. No one thought he had the potential to finish an Ironman. Mm Mm-hmm. But here's what happened at the end of the, uh, when he finished Ironman, that now became the baseline. Mm. That was no longer his potential. Yeah. That was the beginning towards a new potential because we saw so much more like that old adage, right? You see what you can see and you walk towards it. Yeah. And then over the mountain, you see another mountain Mm. that's taller. Yeah. And then you see another one. And so Chris is on this journey now to see what Chris can do compared to Chris yesterday to see how well Chris can do compared to his potential until he hits his potential. So this journey is going to end when he reaches his potential. I I have a feeling that um, God doesn't put a limit on that. Mm. And uh, his potential is so far beyond anything we can imagine that we're almost afraid to think of what's possible for our kids. And then we're hoping that Chris's journey and his example will open up the belief system for other parents like us and the community to say, we need to stop enabling our kids. We need to stop protecting them. And we need to put them on this journey towards their potential because we don't really know what it is. And we need to stop putting false limits on their potential. Which by the way, isn't just a conversation about Down syndrome. You talked about autism and some of the other challenges. That's a life, right? Don't we do that a lot in life? Limit kids, limit people who are in, we meet in society and run across. The quote from C.S. Lewis popped into my head. We don't know the types of people that we're around every single day. You obviously have a very strong bond, the two of you. What has it meant to you these past four years to be on this journey together? It's connected you probably in a way that you wouldn't have otherwise been connected. It's been amazing. Well, I mean, he's your old man. Yeah. I love you so much. Yeah, it's and we're having the best so, time um, traveling the world. But when it comes to us um, being young, mm-hmm. so like being young yeah. is extraordinary because mm-hmm. um, whenever... You're younger than your dad, aren't you? Well, I, and that's an advantage. Well, okay, so especially for you, for the ladies, I, t- I yeah, yes. <laughs> so apparently, I'm a young, yes, and he's old, yes. I have fun all day, yes. He works all day, yes, and he's still my old man. No way, yeah. During the Ironman, no, you never do run. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. Your dad supported you in doing the marathon, yeah, and you did something you never thought possible, yeah. Is it in your dad's vision to do a marathon or a, no, to do a, to do an no, Ironman at some no, point? No, Why not? Yes. No. Why not? I'm going to find a way to do it. Chris, how will you support your dad in doing a, an Ironman? I have no idea. <laughs> you're going to be my guy. I have no idea. No, you're going to be my guy. <laughs> so I'm going to try to be Yes, you're going to help me. You're inspiring him. Yes. You've, you've probably so done all this. Of. Yeah. I'm kind of sort of inspired here, but like, not too much. Not too much. So Chris, I have a question. For people that are listening to the podcast, obviously there's a great place to go get the book, 1% Better. Read it. You have videos online. We'll attach uh, links to those videos. You can't help, but I tear up every time I see you come across that finish line and it says, Chris Nickage, you are an Iron Man. What did it feel like in that moment to hear those words after you endured so much pain and adversity? Interesting how I felt. Yeah. When I crossed it, I think like 
a lot of uh, feedback mm-hmm. and comments. Yeah. Through, like Facebook, social media. You got a lot of admirers on Facebook and social, right? Yeah. How many followers do you have? Do you have a thousand? I have like a lot. A lot? A lot. And 136,000 on just Instagram. Wow. wow. How can we yeah. find you on Instagram? What's your handle? Right here. Chris Nickich. Chris, Chris Nickich. Perfect. Perfect. So to our listening audience, follow Chris. Because you have another big goal. You're going to do another Ironman, yes? Yes. When? Next year. Where? Kona. Hawaii. Yeah. You're going to the big island and you'll do another uh, Ironman. That is neat. So what advice do you have for someone that's listening to our podcast? People love the couch. You said you like the couch. Yeah. They love their video games. People like video games and they love food. Yeah. If I'm on the couch playing video games, eating food, and I don't feel like working out, riding a bike, running, what do you say to that person? What advice? I would say just like cut out the couch. Okay. Cut out the couch. Get rid of the couch. Yeah. Okay. Cut out the video games. Cut out video games. Do you play video games anymore or is it all gone? It's all gone. That's awesome. The only way to do a nightmare is... You've got to get a piece of bed every day. You've got to push yourself. Mm-hmm. Work hard. Eat more rice from Chipotle. I love that. Chipotle endorsement. Is Chipotle a, a sponsor of yours? Yeah. You've invited everyone to Chipotle everywhere. today. Okay, very good. Everywhere. I, by the way, I love Chipotle. Me so too. great Me black too. beans, rice, the whole thing. So yeah. get off the couch, kill the video games, and eat so rice. Play the couch, play the few games. But the only three things you got to do, folding taxes, marathon, either, eat your own diet, you don't know. Mm. Have your way. And once you do your way, do it get in your head, and you have to get them out of your head. Get it out of your head. Yeah. That you can't do it. Embrace the vision that you can. Yeah. That's awesome. How do we find out more about this system and process? You train on it. It's in the book. The idea of 1% better of improving every single exercise session. How, how do we find out more? Where, where's a good source for that? So you can go on our website. Okay. You can make a donation. Okay. Is your website chrisnickich.com? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. So the last chapter of the book outlines the whole system. And we're working on creating videos and educational things that we can make available for free to everybody who wants to get started. We have little plans we're building for people all over the country who want to use it for their kids. And then uh, we're writing kind of the next book or manual, if you will, how to execute the system. And we're working through how do we make it so that it's just so simple? Yeah. Because we're, we're careful. There's so many ways you can mess it up that we want to try and make it bulletproof and make, make it really easy to follow. Right? Because we're fighting conventional wisdom and thinking that everything should go fast and you can get results yeah. quickly. And that's what we're fighting against. And yeah. so when we dis- when we outline our system, it requires patience. It requires time. It's a slow change to build a lifestyle. And it goes counter to what people are being taught everywhere. So yeah. we need to come up with a way to explain it so that people get it, that they get that they're being brainwashed in a way that doesn't work Mm. and they're going to have to accept that success is going to take some time building a success habit is gradual it takes time and they're going to have to accept that something that looks easy and is easy and is slow actually is powerful and again it's it's hard because it's counter to everything that we're being taught 
And that's what we're fighting against. Why does human nature teach us that you can make a ma- some? I loved your quote. Something that takes two decades to create bad health habits. Somehow we think on TV that you can fix that in 30 days. It's only logical that it's going to take 12 months or two years. Do you find as you look around that most people just give up too early? Yeah, they do. And, and the reason is because people don't make logical decisions, right? That's why people are sold on all kinds of stuff that isn't good for them. Mm. Right? Everybody knows, every psychologist. Everybody, it's every, emotional decisions. Every research that's ever been done yeah. shows you that people make emotional decisions, then they find facts to justify them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. And so we know, and everybody knows when they look at what we've done and what it is that it works, but their emotions are, I want results for that wedding that's coming up in two months. Yeah. yeah. I want results for that end of quarter result I need to hit. So we're going to do extraordinary, unusual things to do it. Yeah. But they're not sustainable. And then we quit. And so I've been very careful and cautious not to come out with something too quickly because I know what I'm up against. I'm up yeah. against an entire culture and system of immediate instant gratification, instant results. And what we're saying is the exact opposite and nobody wants to hear it. Yeah. Right. And so I think as Chris and more of his friends continue to do things that seem impossible, follow yeah. a really sim- simple plan, we almost have to be patient ourselves to say, hey, maybe this is going to take five or 10 years of sustained effort and, mm. and sustained success and having hundreds and thousands of people demonstrating beyond ordinary success following a really simple system in order for us to overcome the societal norms of instant gratification. And I need results right away. And I'm different because, you know, I'm going to, you know, maybe this doesn't work for everybody, but the 90 day plan is going to work for me. Maybe. The problem is the other 99% and 98% of people, it doesn't work. It doesn't replicate for them. So it's frustrating because I know it works. It's interesting because you said earlier, I don't want Chris to become the exception. I want him to become an example. And the exception is a challenge in our world too, where people look at Chris and say, well, it's easy for him because I see the way Chris is today. He's a, you know, he's a very good looking young man who, who's interested in girls, right? Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> or women, or women. And, and, or and, and, and that's exactly right. But that's at the latter stage of a journey that was very difficult and took. And in fact, you shared with us in the locker room, you had people around you questioning you saying, you know, you ended up going to Mayo Clinic every year to prove I'm not doing anything that's harmful, right? Talk to us a little bit about how you got some of that kind of the, not the haters, but there were people who were questioning your your approach, right? Yeah, you know what happens is when the community has agreed on something, right? A belief system. Yeah. Then everybody is accepting the belief system. What happens is when you accept a belief system, you then fight for it. Mm. Even if you, you defend it, don't you? Defend. you? Yes. You defend that is human nature that you don't even believe in. Yeah. But you do it because everybody else around you believes in it. So then what happens when someone goes counter to the belief system, they become the person that either is crazy because yeah. they're counter to what everybody else believes or they're right. And then you become crazy because you've accepted something that isn't true and you know it. Yeah. So you either have to accept that I'm crazy. Yeah. Or that you're crazy. Yeah. It's much easier to accept that I'm crazy. That's right. Yeah. And that's marginalize you. Marginalize me and then, you know, dismiss me and dismiss all of us. No matter how, you know, the facts, you know, show something else. So we've been dealing with that from the beginning, still deal with it. The younger parents with the younger kids have been less influenced and therefore optimistic about a future for their kids 
And so we're seeing more progress in the younger generation mm. than the, you know, the, the Chris's age and that, because they've already accepted for 20 years that yeah. that's how it is. Now they would have to admit. It would be painful to accept that it they could have done something sooner. So painful. Even though accept. human nature, we need to be more gentle probably with ourselves, right? Like part of learning in life is accepting yeah. truth and letting it's it difficult. go. I, I, I can relate with them because it was hard for us when Chris was 18. Uh, I had to... I had to fight really hard to overcome all the thinking. I had to isolate him away from other people who were just negative. Oh, interesting. And it was difficult because it happened everywhere. Yeah. Within our own family, our own friends, our yeah. community, everybody. You know, we would hear the the, the back talk, you know, the behind the scenes, the back talk that everybody would have. Yes. That wouldn't tell us our face. Yeah. But it was obvious, you know, because other people would tell us and. You know, they couldn't resist, you know, telling us, that, yeah. you know, people thought I was abusing him. Well, your coach, you first went to your coach. The The video says that he wouldn't even put together a, I had to, a, I had a plan. I had to isolate him and then away from Chris. Once I started to see how they were talking, I said, nobody can talk to Chris anymore because you're all saying all the wrong stuff. Yeah. And I could see that they didn't believe it. So their actions reflected that. Look, this is a this is not an easy journey. And, you know, when you get to your, you have a child, you know, you think about it, most of the parents who have a child who's 20 years old with Down syndrome, they probably had other children before. They were mm -hmm. probably in their late 30s, 40s when they had their child. So now they're in their 50s and 60s. They're not ready to change. Yeah. Like, you know, they're at a stage in their life where they've accepted it. Yeah. They're not going to do much about it. Yeah. It doesn't help calling them out on it because it's not going to yeah. help anybody. It, all we can do is keep raising the bar, keep showing an example, and hope that somehow we reach them and then we have mm. to design within the culture we have to design environments where some of those kids can come and get the benefits when we talk chris because they're not going to get it at home it's 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 very difficult so i love the vision you have in florida you talk about a community you talk about creating an academy in the the center of this community people living together who support each other before you talk about that community and i wish you would have you learned a lesson about the importance of being around people who have a shared goal shared standards how important is it to affiliate and surround yourself with people who 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 believe right who, who see potential the way you do well there's a there's a harvard study that says 99 percent of your success is based on the people you are around yes right? yeah. yeah you become like the people around you you pick up their habits their behaviors their thinking yeah you know their beliefs and then you start to replicate that mm. it is everything yeah. Um, I, I've, I've, every book I've ever read, my whole career said that, and you know, it's pretty standard acceptable practice that you want to be successful, hang around successful people. Yeah. So it's critical. So we started hanging around Ironman. Yeah. Right. Because we wanted to pick up that thinking, that behavior, you, you know, because if we hung around Chris's friends, yeah, there, there are no Ironmen there. Right. So we had to go find people that thought differently, that behaved mm -hmm. differently, that acted differently. And so we started picking up all of that. Um, Who, then, who's your favorite Iron Man, by the way, before we go into the community? Lucy. Lucy Charles. Lucy. Okay. She, she's yeah, in you... the world championship. Very good. Why, why Lucy? Lucy's going to die for me. No, no. Why do you like Lucy? The why do you like Lucy? Because she's a smoking hot blonde? Yeah. <laughs> and she's a world champion. She's a world champion. And she's not taken. And, and she's, she's not taken. No, she's married. She's married. But she's impressed by you, right? So, so you build this community. You're going to create. There, there'll be homes. People live together, and then, and then it's an academy. Yeah, there's, there's an amazing couple in Orlando. It's the information isn't available yet, but they're building a community. 
260 homes, and it's going to be amazing. And then we're in discussions with them about building, building the academy within the community. Mm. So that we're going to build our academy around teaching others like Chris how to do what Chris did. Um, our vision is Chris has inspired a lot of people, right? Maybe he's inspired 10 or 20 or 100. So if we build an academy and teach another 100 young men and women like Chris to do what Chris did, yeah. what if those 100 inspired another 100? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's how it's the you- ripple in the pond, and you don't That's know the impact you- of that. And by the way, you may have inspired another 20 people or 50 or 100 with Down syndrome, but I would argue you've probably inspired tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people who don't have Down syndrome, who are who love the couch, who love the food, right? And who love the video games to go out and do something extraordinary. Mm-hmm. What has this experience taught you about human potential? I know it, I feel like faith informs you a little bit. Talk yeah. to us a little bit about what you, know, you... Faith informs me about potential and that, that God created us to just do amazing things. And we put a lid on ourselves and we limit ourselves with our own thinking and around then we get around other people who have limited thinking. And it's just unfortunate because what we're learning is that the potential, human potential is so extraordinary, but it's, it seems like it's designed to be achieved through effort and through belief and through faith. Mm. You have to have the faith yeah. that you have the potential, that someone yeah. greater than you gave you that potential. Yeah, that drives you, right? Drives Somehow you. that opens you. have to have a big dream to go after, right? And, yeah. And then the journey of life is about exploring your own potential and enjoying every moment of that journey. We've been through a lot of results, Ironman, marathons, SPs, those are all nice, but the real journey, the real joy in our life is what happens every single day. Yeah, We got here last night in Kalamazoo and we went to Steak and Shake and had the most amazing meal and met some really cool people. Yeah, That was fun, wasn't it, buddy? Yeah. Was a, then we went to our room and we watched the opening game between the Lakers and the Nuggets and my Nuggets won. And then Chris oh. became a Nuggets fan by the time the game was It's those bolts, right? And then we went to, we, we read a while. And we went to bed and woke up this morning. And we went to the gym and exercised. And met some really cool people. Yeah. Then we came here and met someone more. Like, this is what it's about. Yeah. See, this is the journey to potential. And everything you do every step of the way. And so what Chris has taught me is that if you give it your best in every moment and you enjoy every moment, then you're successful in life. Whether you get an SP or not, or you, oh, it's beautiful. You, you succeed in something, or you get whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that stuff. His trophies are collecting dust in his room. Yeah, they don't matter. Yeah, what matters is his friends, the time he spends with them, these journeys, the new people he meets. Yeah, it's it's living life in the moment, and being thankful that God gave you one more day to enjoy, and and gave you the strength and the opportunity to pursue it. And I'm watching Chris just, you know, take his God-given potential and just be an example and a role model to the world. What do you have to say about that, Chris? I think uh, we should end it by saying Chipotle time. <laughs> so, saying what? Chipotle time. Chipotle time. Hey, you know what? I completely endorse that, but I have one more question for you. You showed us a picture of your house. Yeah. yeah. That is beautiful. Sure. What does it mean to you? You bought a house. Is that is this true? I, well, I mean, when we were first guys, I think like our parents should get their hair out. You want to be only out? Yeah. <laughs> so he did. He bought his own house in the same neighborhood we have our house. Wow. His house is better than our house. Our four bedroom, three bath. His is five bedroom, four bath. Wow. Three car garage. We only have two. 
He's got a nicer, nicer house, much nicer. So we moved in with him. He was oh, nice. Enough. Very nice. Until he gets married. Yeah. And then the the, the you know he made it very clear. Once I get married, you're kicking your parents out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a gym in your house? Yeah. That's no, awesome. Well, he has yeah. stuff, but but he's got a gym. I mean, I you go to a gym, yeah. But he loves he loves the gym. Yeah, he bought a beautiful home in our neighborhood. Just you know, dream home. It's amazing to think that through his public speaking, through his endorsements with Adidas and Advent Health and some of the other companies that are endorsed him through his yeah. books and merchandising business, he can afford an amazing home, yeah. an amazing neighborhood in Florida. That's and, awesome. And he doesn't need his parents anymore to take yeah. care. But you love your parents. He's from over there. <laughs> so Chris and Nick Nikich, on behalf of the Ziegler Auto Group and our Driving Vision podcast family, we say thank you for being here. We have learned a lot from both of you today. And, you know, I probably speak for Mike and I both when we say we're inspired by your story, inspired by your message. And it has made me want to be better, uh, a better human being. So when you talk about the ripple in the pond, thank you for doing that. Any last thoughts? I know Chipotle. That's a yeah. definite one. Any yeah. Anything else you want to share with us in conclusion, Chris? You know, for the audience, I just want to say that, like, if anyone ever gets in the way of telling you that your child can do anything, like, if, if it's the expert or the doctor or people who are telling each every child they can do anything, you tell them that this man is going to handle them. Because this man has his guests, he's on the cover, and he has his name. If anyone ever has a problem, you come to me. I love it. And the second thing is, instead of doing average, cut the counts. Cut the fear games. The only way to do something that's possible, you better get out of your homes. And you better start training for the man. Marathon. Because once you do that, it's a super plan. That More message card. is beautiful. Get a person better. Eat more rice from Chipotle. <laughs> and if anybody ever messes for the diet, you come to me. I love it. And Second if you want to check me out, please go to my website, uh, chrisnickers.com. Or if you have a computer or a phone, I give me. Iron Man Chris Nickich, thank you so much for being here. Good luck in Hawaii. And we'll see you not at Chipotle, but we're going to have dinner together here very shortly at Ziegler Motorsports. Maybe. We'll see you shortly. Thank you. My dad and I are having Chipotle for lunch. <laughs> and then dinner. Thanks to all who contributed to this week's podcast. Until next week, how are you driving vision today? Today.